Welcome to the 320 Podcast, where we encourage you to reach for the immeasurably more life with Christ. From discussions on scripture, to poetic messages, to dreaming big with Jesus, you will enjoy a variety of episodes brought to you by Shelley Wilson Ministries. To find out more about Shelley Wilson Ministries and the many resources available to you, please visit our website at www.shellywilsonministries.org. Hey guys, it's Shelley. Welcome to this week's 320 podcast. Well, you're going to have to put up with me while I'm driving again. I've got my speaker turned on and I had had a weekend um, babysitting my little ones and so you can hear my GPS too. So there you go. This is just, you know, real life. Um, There was something that crossed my mind a little bit ago and I wanted to share it because I think it's significant. It, it kind of just suddenly started stirring in my heart. I'm not even really sure why, but, you know, it's it's super important because the Bible talks about in the New Testament that God has appointed some apostles, some prophets, teachers, pastors. Um, we see other giftings of administrations and helps and things like that. And um, it is really important that you be in the right place. Um now, listen, so everybody has, you know, a measure of the anointing of God, yet we're all gifted uniquely. So if I if I am in a wrong position or a wrong role somewhere, then I'm not going to have any anointing backing me up. In other words, it's going to be me operating out of my own strength and out of my own will sometimes out of the will of others, right? Because people maybe put me in a position that really God has not called me to. And that, that has happened to me many times over my years. It'll happen a lot to you when you're not sure who you are yet in Jesus. Sometimes I err, erred on my, all on my own, all by my own self, <laughs> without any help from anybody else. But other times I kind of let people choose for me what I should do, what I shouldn't do instead of really seeking God on who I am in Christ. Now, I will say this. It takes a while sometimes to see the fullness of who God is in in you. And when I say that, I mean it like this. I still do not believe I have reached the fullness of where God has called me to be. And I'm 52 years old, right? So I've been with the Lord now 20 years. You guys by now know my story. I started in music ministry. Uh, to be honest with you, I don't do a lot of that anymore other than I do release songs God gives me. I sing when I have opportunity, but those opportunities are really scarce these days. And I'm because I believe in living in the spirit, I let God have my calendar. And so, um, you know, a lot of people may be in, in one vein, if you will, so... You know, they may go out and try to get a lot of bookings and stuff, and God may have okayed for them to do that. But for me, it's just really not that way. It's, it's kind of like I wait till God sends me something. Um, I wait till it comes to me. Um, I've got to be led by the Lord to walk through a door because I do know after my 20 years that not every open door is of the Lord. The devil knows how to open lots of doors. And I've walked through many of them that were not him at all. And it was quite painful because I, I, especially early in my walk with him, I was trying to get somewhere 
and I was willing to go through any door to get there because I was still in my own human strength. I was still in my own will. There were there were places I wanted to go, people I wanted to see, things I wanted to do, dreams that I wanted to fulfill. And the truth is, some of those were God and some of them were not. And so, I, I, when I talk about this topic, I always think of a puzzle piece. Or if you're putting together a puzzle, you have to have the right puzzle piece to fit in the empty space. You can look at that as far as a worship team, a leadership team. Um, it can be whether you're in a, quote, ministry setting or a secular business. Um, I come, you know, from a business background in medical sales. And so, you know, I, I needed I needed gifted people on my sales team, and I hired accordingly. I hired those because we did, uh, we were very successful in what we called telesales back then. So what we did is we we would call doctors' offices and check on them and the nurses and just say, you know, is there anything we can do for you? So I had customers in New York. I had customers in California, all over the world, right? The possibilities were endless. And we just fulfilled their needs that way. But there was one thing I can tell you that was very critical to me at that time. And it was, I really didn't care what anybody looked like um, because we were on the phone. But what I did care about is how they handled phone calls. How was their demeanor? How was their customer service? How did they, you know, handle, how did they handle doctors and nurses? Did they build rapport? Did they learn to care about the people they worked for? Um, was there that innate gifting in them to accomplish the job that I had hired them for. And honestly, it's the same kind of thing when we're talking about following the call of God on your life. While while I may and you may have some God-given natural skill sets and abilities, which he will use, he has also called us to certain places in his body to fulfill certain missions in his body, um, to release. For me, I am a releaser of messages, and he he chooses how that message is released, whether it's me going somewhere to release a message, or it's on the podcast, or it comes through you know writing, through poetry, or a, a prophetic song, um, even through prophetic worship now that I've been able to be in that arena a little bit, I, I saw that I'm still a releaser of messages even during worship, right? And so it's the same way with you. So if you if you take somebody like me with a prophetic gifting and you put them with a team that doesn't understand prophetic gifting, then likely I'll never be used um, and I'll just sit in that place and die. So not only will I not be feeling the call of God on my life, but the people in front of me will not be getting what they need because I'm with a bunch of people who don't know how to use the gift in me. So does that make sense? I hope to you guys as you're listening. So one thing we always want to be prayerful about is God shut all the doors that are not for me because I don't want to be out of position, right? Which means I've got to be really secure in who I am. I have to not look at other people and say, God, I want to do that. 
because that's exactly what I used to do. And, and listen, it's, it's okay to say, oh, gosh, Lord, I would really love to do something like that. That That is one way to admire the work of God in somebody else's life, but we want to stay away from coveting the work of God in somebody's life. That's two separate things. You know, sometimes when we covet the God in people, we start trying to mimic them, or we start trying to do what they do, or we start trying to sound like they sound. Um, you know, and, and listen, early in my early years, I've shared this with you all before, there were a lot of things that I saw other people do that I thought, well, I'll try that. And sometimes it's okay for trial and error, but back then my motive and agenda were just not clean. They weren't bad. I still wanted to honor God with that thing. I still wanted to serve Jesus. But see, there was still something in me that really just wanted what somebody else wanted. You know, and I wanted to be seen the way they were being seen. And and I had to come to this place with the Lord that I know I am a certain puzzle piece for a certain place. Not only that, I am a certain puzzle piece for a certain puzzle. You know how you can go get different puzzles and they all have these different scenes and everything? It's the same way with God. We all have, when you look at the life of Joseph, which I talk about a lot, you know, he rose through trials and tribulations, pits and prisons, to second in command uh, under Pharaoh. It was a long time preparing him for his place. And I think often... We think, well, well, I've surrendered to God. Now what, it, what I'm called to do is going to happen tomorrow, and that's just not always the case. Part of what Shelley is called to do, and, and maybe this will help make this make sense, as much as I am called to release messages, I have had to be prepared to be a releaser of messages because there is a lot of persecution that comes with that. And because... My history is one of codependence, um, insecurity, real anxiety in certain settings, um, and a lot of fear in my life. You see, there was a whole lot of things that God had to begin to work in me inwardly before I could ever enter into some of the things that I've entered in today. One of those things would be, you know, our healing and deliverance ministries. Uh, in our support groups, I had to go through one really tough season where God really began to pull out of me the shepherd. But in order to be a decent and a good shepherd under the shepherd himself, I was going to have to learn compassion, the compassion of Jesus. I was going to have to learn um, what broken hearts felt like and and the different nuances that come with things like when a woman goes through divorce. Because often when a woman goes through divorce, it's not just that they lose the marriage. They often lose their church family. They often lose their immediate circle of friends. They lose an entire family. And there's a whole boatload of grief that they have to work through. Even if the marriage was abusive, they still grieve what, what they desired. Um, you know, they still struggle with blaming themselves, even when it wasn't their fault. They struggle 
You know what I mean? And we have to go through so many things with them of, okay, how, why is it, I, why did I, if it's an abusive relationship, why did it, why did I allow abuse in, in my, my intimate relationship? Why, what drew me to an abuser? We, you know, we have to talk about those real codependency needs and, um, and, and are my other relationships healthy, which we find oftentimes is not the case. So here is Shelly who in a season of life had to become a certain puzzle piece in a certain room, a certain kind of puzzle, a healing puzzle, if you will, um, just for our analogy here. And I had to become anointed in a certain area, which was already there, but can I say it was activated during my season of pain. So I, so, so now when I get invitations to come do certain kinds of things, I don't really have to pray about some of those things. I just have to say, no, that's just not in my lane in this season, right? I keep my head down and focused because I know in this season I'm, I'm to set captives free. We're to heal the brokenhearted and bind up their wounds. There's some very specific things I'm called to do. Now, that may be through music. It may be through podcasts and radio. And, you know, we are equipping women to fulfill their destiny. So, so obviously I have to dive into some healing and deliverance issues that may be hindrances to them becoming all Christ desires them to be. So it's the same for you. So you don't want to be in the wrong place, right? You want to be at the right place at the right time with the right people. Um, and, 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 and here's the thing too. If you're in leadership and you're leading teams, you're leading uh, worship teams, you're leading ministry teams, then you need to know how to put the right people in the right place. The right people in the right place. Um, it's super important because if I put the wrong person in a certain place, there is no fruit that's going to come from that. Sometimes, um, and, and I have a friend, we've talked about this recently because there's been a situation come up where somebody has been pushing their way to the forefront of a, of a ministry team, and let me tell you what, I immediately said to her, oh, there's a spirit of control there, and um, because, you know, really God-listening people, we're not going to, we're not going to push our way into that puzzle piece place, <laughs> if you will. Um, I'm going to wait on God to open a door. I'm going to um, let my gift make room for me, like the scripture says. I don't have to worm my way in any any place, in any building, in any ministry team. It's going to be a natural fit when I step into that place, uh, partnered with the other right people in the right position. There is going to be an igniting of fire and anointing that comes that can only take place through that team in that moment because they are the ones called to fulfill that in that season. And I think sometimes in leadership we say things like, well, you know, uh, God can move through everybody. Well, that is definitely true, but it doesn't mean that he does, right? If, if I don't have the right person in the right place, then guess what? I'm not going to get accomplished what God is trying to accomplish because He has he's the one who chooses the vessels. So if I don't petition God and I don't recognize the anointing on, on, on people's lives as I'm trying to place people, in position, then then the anointing of God will be hindered every time. 
So it is leaders. It is really important that you have the right person in the right place at the right time. It just is. You know, we we don't just allow anybody and everybody to step into a position that we don't that God is not appointed somebody to because it really hurts them. It keeps them from doing what God has really called them to, and it causes the rest of the team to suffer. No different than in the secular world. And so I want you guys to realize those two things. One, you need to wait for God to put you in your perfect position. And number two, if you're a leader, you need to petition God on who is called to this position. And if they're not, because listen, sometimes God calls people to position that do not even have the skill for something necessarily, but because the anointing is in them, the, the anointing is what breaks the yoke, right? And so if we've got natural skill or ability in position at times, and we, we decided, well, they're really good, and I, I always go back to worship because this happens so much, and because I'm a music person, um, primarily with the Lord. I have been in music arenas where... The best vocalist up on stage had no anointing. And I watched this one particular time, um, and it was at a big music event with a big stage, and this one older woman, she had to have been older than 60, walks out in a white gown and starts singing Beulah Land. And she wasn't even the best vocalist in the group, but the anointing was so heavy on her that no, everybody, it was tangibly felt the presence of God came into the room when she began to sing. Listen, guys, it's super different than just sitting there letting somebody sing to you. I, and we're going to have to get to that place where we go, you know what, I may have the wrong person in the wrong place. You know, and it's, it's great that they're good and it's great that they're skilled, but there's no anointing there. And it's the anointing that breaks the oath. It can be for anything. It can be for healing and deliverance. I tend to have a particular anointing for deliverance. I have a good friend who, who seems to have that for healing. Um, if, do I go through moments of healing? Yes. And will she be called to deliver people? Probably. But we all kind of have our uniqueness in the way God has wired us to lean one way or the other. I have a friend who's a great evangelist who can hit the street and evangelize. That's not my gift. It's not how I operate. I am more of the binder of the brokenhearted. Put me in a room with broken hearts. That's where I'm going to flourish. But if you, um, now you can put me on the street with a microphone and I can begin to sing songs over people and, and I can, I can tell you there, there I see fruit. We used to do that at NASCAR races and People who weren't even believers would just start coming over to the music. It wasn't anything we were doing. It was just God working through us as his vessels. So you want, I want you to keep it in mind. Die to the idea that you want to be like anybody else. Okay? Die to that whole idea. Be, be I, I say this all the time, love Jesus' way with you. Love who Christ has designed you to be because because let me tell you, the honest truth is there is nobody else like you. Nobody. And we need you to be you. Okay? And so I need you, and God needs you, 
to be the right puzzle piece in his grand scheme of the puzzle. All right. So there's different members to the body, it says. The eye can't say that, you know, it doesn't need the ear. The ear can't say that it doesn't need the eye. Everybody is significant in the kingdom of God, and every single person has a place and a role to fulfill. Otherwise, if you didn't, you wouldn't even be here. Okay? So let's lay to rest comparison. Let's lay to rest covetousness of what other people have. Um, and let's lay to rest any idea that, you know, we don't like who we are because you were made in the image of God. And we need you to love who he is in you. All right? So that's kind of my, I call it a soapbox or whatever you want to call today. I want to encourage you to ask God, what kind of puzzle piece am I, Lord? And where do I fit? Because there will be a certain kind of people you fit with. A certain kind of place where you're called to serve. And there are faces attached to the very thing God has called you to do according to the gifts that he has placed in you. You can trust the Holy Spirit to get you where you need to be if you're seeking first the kingdom and his righteousness. He says, then all these things will be added to you. You don't need to push yourself in to any room or into any position. You don't need to be afraid that you're going to miss the mark. Or what if I miss what God does if I don't say yes to this? No. Actually, every time you say yes to something that God has not called you to, you know what? You've got your hands full with something that he's not even put anointing on. And so we need to keep our hands free so that he can put in your hands everything he has called you to do. So there's no fear. Perfect love casts out all fear. His word says all things will work together for good. So even if I make an error in my moods or in my walk or if I think I've taken some kind of detour. And, and listen, I, I said this to God about a situation today. I said, Lord, I'm just going to have to trust you that if I erred in that decision, that you will go make it for my good because you knew my heart when I made the decision. And it was to do. I felt like you were leading me into that. And um, it just didn't go where I thought it was going to go. So we all go through that, including myself. So don't ever think you're strange for feeling that way. I've had God reroute me so many times uh, because I ended up somewhere I never thought I would be and sometimes shouldn't have ever been. And he's so gracious and so kind. You know, he was never there to punish me, but he sure did use it to teach me, so I would not do it again, right? So be patient. Wait upon the Lord. Those who wait on the Lord will run. They will melt up on wings like eagles, all right? I was thinking, um, too, I was in the swimming pool with my uh, granddaughter a couple days ago, and so she's learned to swim underwater and everything, and so... She wanted to race me, so we got in the swimming pool, and we were racing. And I, she hasn't learned yet that she doesn't have to uh, flap her arms too much, that she can just push the water easily and glide underwater. And I was reminded of, of the eagle, um, how the eagle soars. The eagle doesn't beat its wings. You know, it waits on the, the current, the wind thermals. Typically, an eagle will 
mount at a at a mountain and it waits on the wind thermals to come by and it takes off so that that wind thermal um, takes the eagle where it wants to go. So it never beats its wings. It's always beautifully guiding, which takes so much less effort and strength. And that's how my baby girl was. She was just flapping those wings because she hasn't learned yet to just glide in the water, right? Likewise, to glide on the Holy Spirit. Let Him take you um, where He wants you to go. And I've certainly been in that place where I just sat there and beat my wings till I was so exhausted. It got me nowhere but tired in body, tired in mind. And that's a good telltale is when I'm my tired is tired that I've probably got too much on my plate and something's got to give. So we want to be like the eagles. We want to learn how to glide with the Holy Spirit. Um, the word says the flesh counts for nothing, but my spirit gives life. And that's what you need to remember, okay? So listen to every puzzle piece I'm speaking to today. God, I ask you, I break off of every listener, uh, any codependence in Jesus' name, any covetousness in Jesus' name, I break it off of them right now and say, no, you will love who Jesus has made you to be. You were designed for a secret mission. I was telling my granddaughter that this, this weekend, you to every listener hearing my voice were designed for a very secret mission by God himself in the kingdom of God. Nobody can do it like you. Nobody has been called to it like you have been called to it. So please, Jesus, help them see what position in your puzzle they are to take. Let their no be used more often than their yes, God. Break off every fear in Jesus' name that they will miss the mark and let them know the truth of your word that says you order the steps of the righteous every week. They'll have this memorized by the time they finish all of these podcasts. You order the steps of the righteous. Lord, I thank you that each one of them cannot be, not one of them can be replaced. They are all significant in your kingdom and gifted appropriately for their secret mission. And Lord, I ask you to fill them with joy. And that they would be secure in the calling that you've placed on their life. I, I pray, God, that you would begin to peel back the layers so that they would see who you've designed them to be. I pray that there's an excitement that begins to stir in their hearts. And that they go to you every day and go, Lord, who have you made me to be? Who have you made me to be, Jesus? How can I serve you, God? How am I designed to serve you, Lord? Who do you have in mind for me to tell about you now, God? And how do I use the gifts, the skills, the ability, and all of these things that you've placed in me, that you've imparted to me by your spirit? How do I use those to give you honor and glory in this generation, God? I thank you, Lord, that you've called me, that I am chosen, that I am immovable by your spirit, that I am covered by your blood, that I am a co-heir with you, Christ, that means I am seated in heavenly places and I have a royal position. I thank you, Lord, that my inheritance includes everything that is yours has been given to me. And God, I just ask that they would see all of your benefits. That includes me. God, any, any one of your benefits that I am not currently operating in, Jesus, show me the fullness of the truth of what you finished on the work of the cross. 
God, I bless you today for what you're going to do in my life and their lives. And God, we just um, look forward to you revealing more of yourself to us. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, guys, I will catch y'all next week. We hope today's episode has blessed you and encouraged you to pursue Christ passionately. To join us again for more encouragement, equipping, and empowering, subscribe to the 320 Podcast. We would also like to invite you to enjoy our round-the-clock radio station, Royalty For Real Radio for Women, at royaltyforreal.com. That's royalty, the number four, real.com.